Hello everyone, welcome um, to the next episode of Doctor Who in Autism Celebrations, a series to celebrate Doctor Who and also a series to celebrate autism um, because this year is the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who, um, one of the reasons why this series is happening. Um, so today I'm joined with Samuel um, and we're going to be speaking about Doctor Who in Autism. So Samuel, it's great to have you on today. Would you mind introducing yourself a little bit? Well, Hi, everyone. My name is Samuel Huber from Huber Family Adventures on Instagram. Uh, I'm 34 years old. I was diagnosed with autism at age 14. Um, I've been a big Doctor Who fan since 2012. So Matt, I think the start of Matt Smith's there. And it happened because I was studying abroad in London and there's all these blue boxes everywhere. I'm like, what is this? And... I ended up asking someone, and they're like, oh, it's Doctor Who. It's basically our, you know, the TV show of this of the last, you know, 50 years. And so I basically spent the next you know, couple of weeks going down the rabbit hole watching from nine all the way up to what was then. And since then, I've been, you know, following New Who and obsessing over New Who. And uh, it just, it, it was nice to see, you know, quirky, eccentric you know, people, yeah, you know, like myself, and it, it just was nice to relate to something just as, you know, as unique as I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is great show, isn't it, Doctor Who? Yeah, the best show. Like even when, you know, you don't necessarily agree with the choice for the Doctor, it's there's always something to enjoy and some Easter egg to look for. Uh, as an autistic person, I, you know, I love you know some of my visual birds, so I'm always looking for an Easter egg in each episode, and I spent God knows how many hours with making up theories of where the show's going and yeah, and all that, and yeah. and, the, yeah. and the show's just. You know, it, it's a place for people that are different. You know, when a, the doctor always makes room for everyone, everyone's important to him. And growing up autistic, the, I think the big challenge is like you don't really feel important because you're kind of shoved away in these dark, dingy classrooms and no one really ever really talks to you. But if the doctor were ever to stumble upon you, he would definitely talk to you or she would talk to you. I think that's. You know why it's so alluring to people on the spectrum. Uh, yeah, because it really, you know, the doctor is always just so clever, and we always feel so clever, and you know, we just want to show how clever we are, just as much as the doctor does. Definitely, and the the doctor is like, it is good because the doctor, you can see the differences from the doctor, like um. Like, like you may see sensory things, like maybe for, like um, like playing with their TARDIS console, being silly, and 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 stuff like that. Um, I always say Matt Smith, like the Eleventh Doctor, does that quite a lot. He um, he plays around with his TARDIS like it's his toy, <laughs> and <laughs> it's it is um, it is good. It, it they do have a good like. Uh, I find a lot of 
you find lots of autistic people connect to the, the show of Doctor Who purely because the way it is, because it's different. Like you say, it's, it's different. Um, like everyone can fit in, um, no matter what you have. Yeah, and that's why Matt's definitely my favorite doctor because he, the way he moves, moves his fingers, especially like they're always flapping about. And, you know, I love during the 50th anniversary when the war doctor is like, you always have to be flapping about. And he's like, yes, no, yes. Uh, and like, because that's how my hands move when I'm really excited about something. So it was like seeing myself on screen. Uh, and yeah, like how the doctor strokes the, the TARDIS. And uh, autistic people are that way with their special interest. If it's a physical thing, you know, we might even, you know, like the doctor call it sexy, <laughs> you know, when no one else is around. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and the doctor talks to the TARDIS as well. Um, yeah, like I always remember that, that that scene right at the start of when Amy was traveling with the doctor, um, and she got her own room, um, and the doctor was just talking to the TARDIS like no one else was in the room. So, um, that's why I think like that's a really good thing about the eleventh Doctor is that he is very. You could say he's got autistic traits from from our point of view. Um, um, but yeah, he just does all these kind of things. Um, like um, it could be communication, sh struggling to answer people, um, and the way they want to be heard. So yeah, like you could just see a lot of similarities between maybe between us to him. Yeah, and then you ha then you have Peter, where like, um, his, his companion has to literally hand him the correct response card. Like, am I being rude again? Like, it, you know, he's just so caught up in his, you know, genius. He doesn't, he doesn't realize that he's pissing people off, which is yeah another autistic thing. Like, when we're really excited talking about something, we don't realize, oh, this is a sad moment. We're supposed to pull back and show empathy and not continue on being brilliant uh like that's yeah. an another you know aspie trait that the doctor possesses just like so caught up in being brilliant yeah that he, he needs he needs literally someone to be standing over his shoulder a companion um and handing him cue cards when uh, and you know as autistic person i can really relate to that like having a parent or a therapist hanging on my show like no this is the correct way to respond yeah i i, I remember when the 12th doctor did that um in um i think it was the um it was that episode um i forgot what the episode was called but yeah he was showing all these cue cards um and he and he sent some wrong things i think as well which made it a little bit more funnier um but it, it was good to show that uh because sometimes we don't know what to say um we don't know what's the right thing to say sometimes all right. And then the also thing is when the doctor doesn't want to know what to do, he, he hides behind his intelligence. And show, and that's something that is yet another Aspie trait that we don't know what to do. We just show off how smart we are. Uh, but then there's also the, I think the doctor's compassion for humanity. They're always trying to move us forward, always do the right thing. Uh which is, I think, you know, great Aspie inventors like Tesla and 
Einstein, you know, share that trait of just like wanting to move humanity forward. And the other thing is, no one's ever really sure is the Doctor real or not in this show. And it reminds me of how so many ASPE scientists have invented things, but no one's really aware that how much we've contributed. And it's the same way with the Doctor. No one knows. He's like influenced the world so much. We get the word Doctor from him. But no one would know that, you know, and I can't really relate to that feeling of that. It's like we're in the background, making the world a better place. Yeah, he 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 does really make the world a better place. He doesn't just make the world in Doctor Who a better place. He just makes everyone's world a better place from just saving the universe. Um, it would be nice to actually have a a doctor in this universe. <laughs> Um, really. Well, maybe there is. We don't know. Hmm. I mean, the doctor has erased himself from records several times throughout the 50 years, so he could, he could be out there, or she could be out there. We just... Yeah, you know, it's just all a mystery. Yeah. Who knows? Right yeah. yeah. Who knows? Like, But it would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Do you, so, Samuel, with the because we got the sixtieth coming up, did you have any? Um, are you are you excited for it to see David Tennant back? And, and... Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about it. I'm, 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 but I want some new twists and turns. I, even though I'm excited that David's back, and Donna gets a proper goodbye because I just I didn't like the way they wrote off her character, just not even remembering the Doctor. So that's all the companions have in the end is their memories with him. Because he doesn't like to, you know, say goodbye. Uh, and I hope that she, you know, gets to somehow remember him after all is said and done. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm excited to see Doctor, you know, fifteen. See what he, you know, brings to the table. It's always, I'm always very nervous when there's a new Doctor because you're like, am I gonna like this Doctor? Yeah, are they gonna be able to capture the rage of the Doctor, the kindness, uh, the whole persona? Uh, like, even though like Jody, like I just think she was just poorly written, but I she had all the elements to make a, a great doctor. Uh, and I'm I'm happy that Davis is back. That's the biggest thing I'm excited about. You know, the one who rebooted Doctor Who in 2003, I think. Uh, I'm happy that he's back at the helm, and uh, I'm re I'm ready for a new adventure. In the yeah, with the madman in the blue box, yeah, I do like that song, <laughs> yeah. Um, I am very excited as well. I think it like it's gonna be really interesting what happens. Um, 15th Doctor looks really good. Um, from like seeing all, all like the costumes that he's, that he's gonna be wearing. Um, but I am very excited, like, to have I haven't been like, probably excited for a while. Like uh, probably a lot of people haven't been excited like this maybe for a little while. Uh, maybe since like Matt was in it uh, and Peter uh, a little bit. Um, but it's gonna be exciting. Um, I I'm looking forward that we have three specials with like that like you say it's to say goodbye. I think to say goodbye of Donna and the Doctor. I think the the pair of them are just gonna. It's not like a reunion farewell really, isn't it? Right, yeah, because he wants to play the doctor one more time before he gets too old to play the role. Uh, but 
you know, I'm also just excited to see if we're going to see any other doctors besides David. And like, and also solve the mystery of why did the doctor re- regenerate backwards? You know, I, uh, like I want, that's the biggest mystery I'm excited to see. Like, why did he choose that, that face? You know, why did he go backwards? Like that has to be answered. Yeah. The, the, or is that... it, an, or is it an illusion created by the toy maker? You know, Patrick Harris is saying that, that the 15 doctors actually underneath David Tennant's character. You know, the... Yeah. 15 doctors might be trapped. Yeah. Like, he, he might be stuck somewhere else. Like uh, the 15th doctor. Which which is yeah. which is which is it which is exciting. It's gonna be exciting to see where the fifteen doctor fits into all of it. Yeah. And I'm excited that the guy who wrote like scores like I am the doctor during Matt Smith's era is back and I just think we're gonna see yeah, another revival of, of the show because I think it just dropped off with Peter's inconsistent writing and Jody being I think trying too hard to be woke. Not there's anything wrong with being woke, but like I felt they were trying too hard. Because uh, Doctor Who is already ahead of its time in gender roles, help, helping people that are different, uh, and I'm ready to get back into the single companion twist and turns narrative that we've all come to love. And uh, yeah, I think I I I think it's good that. Uh... Like I think it was good that it, it like with Jodie being the first female and Shooty being the first um gay black actor um to play the role of the doctor. Um so I think that they're making the making changes, making it more inclusive, I think, with those decisions. Um and making connecting other communities like the disabled community, when they got the transgender community with uh, Yasmin Finney. So and they're connecting a lot of us autistic people to the show even more now. Um, I think because only the last mm. couple of years I found that uh, autistic people really connect with Doctor Who and has sort of done since the revival, which I found really surprising um, at first. But Doctor Who is connecting a lot of community and communities together. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's what I also like about how most of the show goes when it comes to introducing different groups is it's more casual than like the whole episode is surrounded. This person is, you know, black or gay or whatever. Like the doctor, you know, during Matt's air would casually mention, "Oh, I had a, uh, I I made a cyborg boy uh, boyfriend once," and yeah, like that. Just, you know, this, the showing the doctor's sexuality is very fluid, but like it's not the focus of his or her character. It's just that's and also that's the brilliance. Like everyone can identify with one of the doctors that has come before or will come and. Um, I think that's really how to feel people make you feel included that they're just they're just there um, and you're just exploring who this person is and what they bring to um, yeah and, uh, yeah I I agree um, it, it's, it's like I don't need the doctor to be like openly autistic to know that you know he or she probably is because like we've been talking about this whole episode, like the signs have been there, missing social cues, uh, wrapped up in how brilliant they are, he or she is, setting the world right without being, without asking to be thanked. 
you know, as you said, stimming on the co- the console, talking to it like it's a live person, and you know, the TARDIS is alive. Uh, and you know, the Doctor always gets that and, and treats it with respect, and you'll see that in Aspie. So it's like we just it you know makes me feel seen and heard when I I see someone just openly being themselves without the focus being on are they Aspie or not? they just they just are. Yeah, I think it's good. Uh, I think like each doctor shows their own kind of signs to autistic, but like signs that could be autistic. But I think it's very important that they don't like because the the doctor is an alien from outer space. Like the doctor doesn't know anything different. Like the doctor isn't human, um, and sometimes we feel like that. Like you know, like like autistic people mm-hmm. can feel that way um when when people when we don't get heard when we don't get understood when we have to explain ourselves a dozen times what the doctor has to feel like i think sometimes like explaining things over and over and no one gets it and i think that that, that's where we can relate there like explaining autism to someone that doesn't know what it is Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and i I get that is a true that like i do feel like an alien sometimes like trying to relate to these you know humans and yeah. and trying to understand them it, it creates this compassion for them uh, for neurotypicals and uh, yeah like it's just it, it's a show for everyone like my wife's neurotypical and uh, she you know can sometimes get into it or like I've had friends where like everyone can get into it. It's like the only show I can think of that it literally has something for everybody. Yeah, like um, yeah, yeah. Because we might have a favorite doctor that that someone right. You just gotta someone. find when you're introducing someone to the show. You just gotta find the right doctor. Like, hmm. okay, you're kind of like the fifth doctor. Let's start. Let's start there. Okay, you're like twelve. Let's start. You know, and that's why the show is. I think lasted so long because they're just so many different personalities in one being yeah there, there, there is there, there, there's so many different uh, like the doctor is so different to the next doctor they may have similarities so like I, I, I always say that Matt and like 11th doctor and the 13th doctor are similar in ways with like their laughter and, and the way they are um, and the ninth doctor and the twelfth doctor are very similar in ways too, to how arrogant they are and like they just don't care, which I do like, um, because I think like a lot of us worry about what other people may think of us, um, out there in the world, um, and like being autistic, we can feel like that sometimes. Like if I do this, what are they going to think of me? But I think what the ninth doctor and the twelfth doctor can show there is that. They don't care. They, they they don't care. Um, they they just do what is you, and I think they do show good rep- representation for that. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and it's nice to geek out about the, the doctor because um, it's it's really also helped me understand like people as the doctor under- learns to understand different people, different alien races and uh, all the while just making up as he goes along and 
And that's why I always relate to, regardless of which doctor is, that feeling of you're making up as you go along. Because as you know, an autistic person, the world always seems new to you. And for the doctor, like every room he steps into, he always looks in it with new eyes. You know, even though he's you know now millions of years old, he's still has that curiosity. Yeah, yeah, and like the doctor doesn't look nine hundred old year old person. The doctor doesn't like like the companions don't think that, and I think the companions like some companions can show them traits as well, like how they are. Um, like a lot of the time, Amy Pond like told a lot of the stuff to the to the doctor but not to rory and i, I right. think that was like being comfortable with saying certain things um like knowing the doctor is going to keep it's going to keep her safe so um it's just about i guess who the person is uh how much mm-hmm. you trust them um because it can be hard like being autistic it can be hard to trust people it can it can be hard to let someone in um and I feel like that's maybe what Amy felt a little bit. Um, really. Yeah, and and that's what's interesting about the companions is like they it's almost like the neurotypical person coming along for the ride. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's always like the general they're supposed to represent the general audience, like just following along with the doctor. Uh, these are you know they're very you know played by very neurotypical ish people um yeah. and we all and i relate to it because my wife's neurotypical and i often sometimes if she feels like she just she's along for the ride i'm you know, ranting about something uh, yeah yeah and, yeah and i often point her out when the show's on like you know the way that the doctor relates to a companion like that's how I, i'm trying to relate to you uh, it's a great visual. Yeah, because um, I, I I think the doctor helps the companion a lot, and the companion like, I don't think the doctor allows maybe someone else to help the doctor. I think the doctor just wants to do it on his own, doesn't want any help, just wants to do it alone. And I I think sometimes the companions do put a lot of pressure on the doctor. Maybe they like peer pressure, like sometimes like expecting the doctor to do this expecting the doctor to do this because the doctor is only a person um and i think sometimes they just need to take a step back and um i think which is why when i think the clara and the doctor took a bit of space purely because of that reason yeah um it is one of those things that that happens in Doctor Who, um, and and happening in life as well, like a lot of these things in Doctor Who, we relate to, in um mm-hmm. in, our, in our ever on our in our everyday lives, um, which is why, like, like, which is the good thing about the show, like we we, it's like a, it's a comfort show, isn't it? That you just watch it if you're maybe having a bad day, if you're having a good day, it's just something that I think you never could get bored of, are you? Yeah, I, I definitely. It's definitely my go-to when I have a bad day, and even though I watch like the new Who episodes, like a half a million times, like 
there's always some like line the doctor says that's foreshadowing something like oh i missed that there's like always something to focus on new to focus on uh, and the fact that I still have to go through old who, like, you know, I've made it through first few doctors, but like, I had to track down the other episodes. And like, the fact that there is always just something new to see and experience with the doctor. Yeah. Uh, it's just a show that can never grow old because, uh, right. you know, The Simpsons has been around for 30 years here in America, but like, I've gotten tired of Homer because Homer has not changed in 30 years. The doctor has become completely different people for 50 years. Yeah. That's... But it is nice that when you go through, you always remember, you know, as Matt says, that where you've been, you know, the, the faces that you've been before in Israel. And then you, you find traces of every doctor in every new doctor. Yeah. Like you connect to each doctor in a different way, um. Like you like, uh, so you're like Matt Smith for a certain reason, maybe because relations, like how, what he, the way he does things. Like you said about the movement of his hands, um. Like he moves his hands a lot when he's talking, which is a common thing. Like sometimes I'll do it and he won't even notice it. Like you're doing this, you're you're waving him about. Um, and he did get, I did find that funny in the 50th when he was questioned about that. Um, um, but yeah, that, that was pretty funny. Um, but I think with like you do certain things, it may be a thing to calm you down. Like, I don't know if you're being uh, uh, like really, if you're um, being really overstimulated, um, and you'll, you'll do this to, 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 it's, it's part of you, and no, like one can change that because that's the way you do it yeah for me like i like when i move my hands out like he does it's more of like helping my thought processes move forward and i think that's what it is because it's usually trying to work something out like all right how do i defeat this alien while keeping him distract him or her distracted and when i'm multitasking I'm, i often move my hands in a similar way and it's just it's helping to connect the dots yeah and often it, you know, the doctor has a very stoic face and there's not much going on, but with his hands, there's so much expression, which is so autism that I always tell people, if you want to know what I'm feeling, don't look at my face, look at my hands. Uh, so the doctor is always doing something with his hands, whether it's to defeat the alien menace or to, you know, communicate something. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and that is just so autism. Yeah, he's always communicating in some way. He's always really happy. Um, 11th Doctor, I find, is trying to be as happy as he can. But sometimes he has to put his foot down sometimes when he's really serious. And I like when each Doctor does that. They have a dark side to them. Um, and that's what I'm really interested to see, like, like the 14th and 15th Doctor, what, what, what really gets to them. Like, why do they get annoyed at certain things? Um and you find that. And, and, yeah, I, I enjoy the, the, and I think that's what's been missing from the Doctor is the rage of the Doctor. Uh, you know, okay, the Time War got reversed and everything, which I think took away, at least in the new Who, the rage of his, that rage that he carried with him over the Time War. And, uh, and, 
I think that, that that's something that's been missing from the character for a while, and I'm hoping that 15 brings it back before. Uh, okay, whatever the, the new guy, it, it, whatever number he chooses to be. Um, yeah, and I think that's another big thing with autism that we all get pushed to a certain point that that emotion comes out, and but you know I've learned a lot over the years of. What what do you do with that rage that just explodes out of you? The doctor always chooses to do the right thing, even though he's angry, and, uh, and that's always been a a big lesson that I've taken away as an autistic person. That even when you're feeling so much, you you still always have a choice. Yeah. You do, and like that, there's there's been situations in Doctor Who where. You have to press the button. There's a big red button, and like, do yeah. you choose to press this button, or do you? Do you, what are you gonna do? Um, so you always have a choice. When like everything in life, you always have a choice if you want to do it or you don't. Don't always feel over pressured by someone else to to do a decision that you don't feel is right. I think. Yeah, and and that's the power. Like you like. That's one of my favorite quotes from Peter is, even if all you have is bad choice left, you still have a a choice and uh, what you choose to do. And, it, and yeah, like during the Pompeii episode, the doctor had to choose between killing everybody or just killing 10,000. Um, it's just, it's compelling drama. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that, that was very good, that episode. Um, the fires of Pompeii. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. Um, but was that your favorite quote? What What, what was your favorite quote? I'm sorry, again? what? What What was your favorite quote again? Well, Samuel? my favorite quote, like there are so many that the doctor says, but I would say the my favorite one comes from Matt when Amy's you know sleeping and he's you know fading away. He says, you know, "We're all stories in the end, so make it a good one, eh?" Yeah, because. It always that quote always reminds me that like my story's not over yet. That I can keep pushing on. Keep, you know, keep whatever struggle I'm going through. There's always a, a way out. And when I always find that way out, I always play the the theme. You know, I'm the doctor, and I figure it out. Because um, I, I always loved it when Matt, you know, figures out the solution during his reign, and then all of a sudden you hear that cue music, and like you realize. That, doctors won the day and so every time i win the day I, I play that and the fact that good or bad i know my life's gonna be a good story and that's why i love that quote yeah i think that's a good quote too i, I really like that one like we're all stories in the end because we are um it's it's, it's the fact of it we are all we will all be some story in the end of of it all um and yeah I do like that quote. I love when they bring new ones out that we're just going to remember because quotes in Doctor Who are important in our life. Um, it's it's which I ask and why I think it's a really good way to like to end end the episode. Um, but um, thank you, Samuel. Um, I hope you've enjoyed coming on. All right, thank you for having me. Uh, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the 60th anniversary because I think it's going to be a whopper. Yeah, yeah, it's. It, definitely going to be it's going to be really awesome 
and yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to catch up uh, when we've seen it and uh, let each other know what what we think um, of what happened. Um, that's gonna be really cool. Um, but definitely. to yeah, um, to anyone watching, listening uh, today, we hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Doctor Who and Autism Celebrations. Um, and we will see you in the next episode. Uh, but I hope you all have a nice rest of your day, wherever you are in the world. Um, and yeah, enjoy the 60th. Enjoy um, the, the rest of your day. And thank you again, Samuel. All right. Thank you. Let's, let's make our life brilliant.